how many like the good news? Uh, I just read this afternoon, Tim, Kemmel, uh, Tim Keller says, it's not good advice. You know, it's not telling people what they should do. It's good news. It's telling people what God has already done. Come on, so many people get, are wanting to give good advice, but we don't have good advice, we have good news. Come on, for how many has God done something amazing in their life? Come on, if God's done something incredible in your life, can we give Him one more big shout and clap of praise? Come on. Amen. Well, well if you got your Bible, let's go to Esther chapter 4. Esther chapter 4, title of my message is, I am born for this. I am born for this. Esther chapter 4, verse 11, it says, All the king's servants and all the king's men. No, it doesn't say that. It's just the, those are the first few words. It makes me think of Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> verse 11. All the king's servants and all the king's provinces know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court of the king who has not been called, who has not been called, he has but one law to put all to death except the one who the king holds out the golden scepter. How many know you want the golden scepter put out there? It says that he may live. And Esther says, yet I myself have not been called to go to the king these 30 days. So they told Mordecai Esther's words. Verse 13, and it says, and Mordecai told them that to answer Esther. Do not think in your heart you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Here's the famous words here. Yet who knows? Who knows? Who knows right now? Who knows whether you have come into the kingdom for such a time is this. Turn to three or four people and say, I was born for this. I was born for this. I was born for this. What were you born for? Well, you're born for kingdom purpose. I, I like what Paul says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. It says, for everything got started in him. So it gets started in him and finds its purpose in him. When it comes to our purpose for life, it's found in him. It starts in him and finds its purpose in him. You know, in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, Verse 10, it says, listen to this. If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength, but wisdom brings success. You know, one thing I find today is a lot of people are using a whole lot of energy and getting very little results. A lot of people are uh, trying this and doing that, but yet are living unfulfilled simply because they don't know God's purpose for their life. But I believe when it comes to, if we want to know God's success, it, it comes about having a clear understanding as to what we're called to. How many know in today's society there's no shortage of information? Man, I wish I was studying in today's world. Because back in my day, we actually had to go to the library. We couldn't just have access to Google. Google wasn't around. We had to look up the Jewy system. How many remember the Jewy system? Where you go into the library and, and, and you look up the Jewy system to find a book and you search it out, it's in this aisle and this row, and then you go to the aisle and the row and you find it's not there. And then you, you were, would look for newspaper articles and it wasn't just a few words in Google. You know, you had to get micro, well, what were they called, microfiches out and you put it on on this big, uh, uh, it's like an overhead projector type thing. 
Anybody remember those days? Anybody know what I'm talking about? How many have no idea right now what I'm talking about? Oh man, I'm speaking to a younger generation. Some of you are older and still don't, you never went to the library, I guess. Uh, I, I just get, but, but studying today is so much easier than yesteryear. You know, but how many know you can have more degrees than a thermometer, <laughs> but still not have wisdom? Yeah, in fact, you can sit in the car, you can know how to turn it on, you can know all the instruments and what it's about, but, but wisdom knows when to push the accelerator and when to push the brake. Just because you know all about the car doesn't mean you have wisdom. You can have knowledge, but not wisdom. And, and wisdom will always guide you towards God's purpose. Yeah, I really believe tonight God wants to sharpen the edge of our life. He wants to bring clarity to people's purpose because you're not here by chance. You've been born for this. You've been born for this. God's got a purpose for you. Uh, how many know if you use something against its design, you can do a whole lot of damage? You know, if you're ever wanting to you know, bang something in and you don't have a hammer and you use a, a spanner or you use something else, you know, you're all, always bound to either hurt yourself or do damage to what you're using. Come on, how many have ever been in a position where you're using something else to hammer something? How many know a hammer is designed to... Rocket science, I know. <laughs> but a hammer is designed to hammer. You know, it's like a plastic ruler. If you ever had a plastic ruler at school, you'd use it for slapping somebody, but you always break the plastic ruler. It wasn't designed to, to slap somebody. It wasn't designed for that. And when you use it against its purpose, you, you do a whole lot of damage. I really believe a whole lot of people right now are damaging themselves simply because they don't know their purpose. And what you've got to understand is our identity and our purpose are intrinsically linked. You, you can't separate them. But what I like about the book of Esther is the book of Esther shows us how God can bring purpose from a person's life, how, how, how one person can make a difference, yeah, wow, wow. how one person can stand in the gap and save a nation. See, this story is a story of an orphan girl who's been adopted and placed in a family. I, I like how just even that corresponds a little bit to you and I, how you and I have been adopted. Now, God's adopted us out of this well. And he's adopted us into a family where there's freedom, where we don't need to live in fear and condemnation. You know, how many know right now in the world there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of terror. You know, that's why we need to be agents of God's love. Come on, because the perfect love of God casts out all fear. Come on, even with recent events, we don't need to be afraid. Come on, we have Jesus living on the inside of it. And when you've got the love of God in your heart, you don't fear death. You don't fear my, what may happen. In fact, you know, the Bible talks about in Psalm 112 that the righteous never fear bad news. That doesn't mean bad news won't come. Uh, but how many know as believers we have no reason to fear? Come on, God wants you to live fearless. And because we've been adopted into his family, we're children of God. We're heirs of God. Not heirs, but heirs, inheritors of God. And what we've got to understand is the inheritance that you and I haven't got is amazing. If we could 
grab hold of it, you know, some of us be meant, uh, would, would have such a focus to our life. Yeah. But, but like Esther, you know, we've been adopted, but we find ourselves living in a foreign place. Have you ever thought, man, I, I just don't fit? In fact, you know, for each and every one of us, none of us quite fit. Because we're not born for this earth. We're, we're born for heaven. We're designed for heaven. We're created for heaven. You know, and, and we're trying to bring heaven to earth, but, you know, still there's a, there's, there's a stuff going on that just makes us, well, I don't quite fit. And there's something inside every individual who walks the faces of this earth that says, man, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. And here, Esther was, she was a foreigner in a strange land. She was a Jew living in Persia. And her story can give us hope because this foreigner found favor in her place of captivity. I really believe God wants to right now give his people favor in their place of captivity. Favor in Jesus' name. If you're a son and daughter of the king, you've got to understand God can make a way where there's no way. God can break open doors. I really believe this year is a year of open doors. Wide open doors. Come on, there's a wide open door for a great work here in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe it, give God a big clap of praise right now. Here, Esther, this orphan girl, she was so unlikely. She was an unlikely candidate to be queen of Persia. But God chose her. I don't know about you, but I, I feel like the most unlikely candidate in many places to be used of God. You know, I always get surprised as just in Malaysia and Singapore, you know, speaking. And I, get, I get surprised whenever I get an invitation and, and I feel like, how did this happen? How did this come about? But, but I, I just know God has a purpose for my life. He, he wants to use my life in some way and somehow. And when God's hand is on your life, you'll find yourself in the most unlikely of situations. See, what God did is, is God elevated her and promoted her to the position of queen. But he didn't stop there. Some of you are right now looking over your life and you're surprised at where you are today. And you can see God's hand. He, he's brought it about. He's led you to the place you're in. And what you've got to understand is every position that you and I have in life is there ultimately to serve kingdom purpose. Is to serve His purpose. See, now you're in the position that God's placed you. What are you going to do? How many know it's one thing to make the All Blacks? It's a big thing. It's a big deal. Many of us will never get there. But if you are an All Black, the challenge is once you are All Black, what are you going to do? Are you going to be a great All Black? Yeah, just because you have the position, just because you got selected, doesn't mean you're going to actually function in your purpose. See, see, I find many people today, they, they stop at position and they never enter call. See, Esther was her position, but her call was to save a nation. And Mordecai in this chapter was reminding Esther of that. He's saying, Esther, hey, I know you're queen. I know God's positioned you, but the reasoning for that position, there's a purpose. And that purpose is to save a nation. 
Yeah, come on. In the job you're in right now, in your vocation, in your studies, you're not there by chance. Maybe you've been born for such a time as this. See, we've got to look at the positions we find ourselves in. And in the middle of it, we need to find God's purpose. See, the position queen became available because the previous queen took her position for granted. We heard how the king was powerful and life and death was in a scepter. And, and she time and time again would reject the king's invitation. She, she would throw her own parties rather than going to the king's. She, she desired the gifts that the position would bring her, but she didn't want the intimacy. You gotta hear me today. See, many people want the position and they forget about the purpose. They, they, they want the prestige, they want the title, they want the recognition, uh, but they don't want what comes with that position, which is the responsibility to fulfill, fulfill purpose. See, see, within us, there's, all, there's this hunger and desire for significance. Many people today buy into the ideology, you know, if I do something important, it will make me important. They don't recognize you can have all the titles in the world and the affirmation of the world and have the, the Instagram followers of the world, but if you don't know who you are and whose you are, that title won't give you direction, it won't give you fulfillment, and you'll never find purpose. See, you've got to find firstly who you are in God. See, there's nothing worse than being placed in a position for which you're not called. Hear, hear me right now. There's nothing worse than being in a place, positioning in your place, that, uh, in a place that you're not called to, because ultimately there's no grace there. See, see, if God calls you and positions you, He graces you, He empowers you, He enables you to fulfill it. See, many people are like blunt axes right now because they position themselves. And, and I've found that if you position yourself, guess what? You've got to keep yourself in that position. But when God positions you, you know, I know this is a God deal. In fact, I didn't want this growing up. I had arguments with my brothers as to who would become the pastor. None of us really wanted it. I, somehow I found myself in the position. And I know it's a God deal. Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't choose any other life. You know, God has, has a better plan for my life than I had for myself. You know, but there's not a day that doesn't go by where I don't pray, God, you put me here. You flipping better come through. See, 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 if you put yourself there, you've got to rely on your own strength. But one thing I've found, as the psalmist said, promotion doesn't come from the north, the south, the east, or the west. Promotion comes from the Lord. And in the end, God will never promote you ahead of time. He'll promote you in the exact right time. He'll make sure that your internal well can handle the external favor He wants to bring your way. You know, so many people, you know, go, man, God, why aren't you doing this? And God in His mercy is not promoting you. In His mercy. Do you know how unanswered prayer sometimes are some of our greatest blessings? Because if God answered our prayer, some of us would be a mess. Because our internal world couldn't handle the favor and the blessing that God would want to bring up to us externally. Come on, are you hearing me tonight? 
You're born for this. You're born for kingdom purpose. And, and the, uh, Queen Vashti, she decided the position, but she didn't want the intimacy. She didn't want intimacy. One thing I found in the kingdom is intimacy precedes fruitfulness. Intimacy with God. If you want to bear kingdom fruit, if you want to live in the purpose of God, you've got to get intimate with God. You've got to connect with God. And then fruitfulness, come on, this happens in the natural as well. Intimacy precedes fruitfulness. It's the same in the spirit. Intimacy with God will bring fruitfulness to your life. To your life. And, and it's that connection. You know, she wanted to throw her own parties. You know, we're going to make sure we show up to the king's party. In Jesus' name. Uh, I really, Queen Vashti needs to be removed. And Esther, Esther replaced her. But for Esther to replace her, she had to go through a season of preparation. For six months, she, she bathed herself in myrrh, which is a bitter substance. And then six months after that, she bathed herself in sweet, over, uh, sweet odors. Now, here's what you've got to understand. God will always test us with the bitter and the sweet. God, God, before He promotes us, He will test us with failure and success. Because how we handle both determines whether we're ready or not. And, and not, not just the bad times, not just the good times. See, a, a true person's identity is exposed in the light of failure and success. In, in John chapter 10, it, it says, it's only when the wolf comes, the true shepherds remain. See, see when the pressure's on, what's in you will come out of you. And, and in failure, how you handle it is you trust in Jesus. Are you going to keep trusting Jesus? You know, when things go wrong. Or is your trust in your circumstances? Is your trust, you know, only in God when He's doing good things for you? So, so God will test us with failure, but He'll test us with success. Because do you know what success brings? It brings options. It brings options. And a lot of people, you know, God's saying, well, what are you going to do now you've got options? When you failed, there's only one way, and that's up. But when you've got success, in fact, success has a habit of revealing more what's in a person's heart than even, more than failure. When things start to go well, do you forget about God? Do you relate to God at a distance? See, Esther's preparation, she was bathed in, in these bitter and sweet, sweet odors, and, 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 and it happened in the inner sanctuary. In the king's court, it happened out of public view. It happened and by a guardian who was a type of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the question we're going to ask ourselves is, who are we when no one's looking? Because public, pri uh, private praise, what you do in the private and the secret place, that's what leads to public power. See, many people, they can be happy in public. They can be the life of the party, but depressed in private. Come on, God doesn't want to just find, uh, you to find Him in moments like the uprising. God can speak to you, move in those. But God's still there when you go home at night. 
and you lay your head on your pillow. That same God who you met at the uprising, that same God you met on a Sunday, that same God you met in those off the chain, unbelievable moments, is the same God who's there. And if you just choose to acknowledge Him and praise Him, you discover something significant. See, I found when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. But when you don't know who you are, you won't know what to do. Sounds basic, but it's very profound. Right now, you know, we've got a whole lot of people who have an identity issue. And, and, and Esther, she was, you know, oh, what do I do, man? It's a big risk if I go into the king. And Mordecai had to remind her of some stuff, three things he had to remind her of. Number one, that her identity was not found in the crowd or her position. How many know the crowd can be fickle? You know, one moment they're going, Jesus, Messiah. Next minute they're crying, crucify him. In a moment. You know, the, the crowd's opinionated and judgmental. You know, today people can, you know, are held in the, in the courtroom of public opinion. You know, I, I really believe we need to be careful as Christians that, that our views don't get, just get shaped by what's popular yeah. right, you know, right now. You know, we need to make sure we let God be the ref. Yeah. You know, we release judgment. It's not, our role is to love. Our, it's the Holy Spirit's role to convict. And God judges. It's not our, our role is to go out there and love people. Come on, love brings change. You know, in the crowd, so many, you know, even Christians, you know, you know, judgmental and, and you know, judging in the church and out of the church. And, and, and we just need to release ourselves from that. Because the crowd will turn on you. The crowd's indifferent. You know, and, and your future is determined by, by, by who you are. Mordecai said to Esther, just because you're queen, just because you hold that queen, that position, don't think your fate will be different from anyone else. In other words, don't get your security from your position. Don't get your security from how much money's in your bank account. Don't get security from how many likes you get on, on the gram. Don't get your security from, you know, don't get your security from what you wear, whether somebody complimented you. Don't get your security from your position. Get, get your security. Because otherwise your fate is just going to be like everybody else. Positions come and go. See, a whole nation was about to be alien, annihilated if she didn't step into purpose. Right now, I believe we as Christians need to wake up. Because without Jesus, there's a whole group of people who go into a lost eternity. And we can't. You know, it takes security. Well, I'm all right. I've got a nice job. You know, I'm doing all right in my studies. Yeah, you know, I've got some good mates. Now, we, we need to make sure that, that we know God's purpose for our life. Now, a lot of people think their destiny is related to a position. Now, any position you have in life is ultimately to serve a call. God's got a call. Turn to your neighbor say, I was born for this. Number two, second thing. Is, is her identity and her purpose was not discovered by what she could do. Everybody say this. The power to do comes from the power to be. Say it again. The power to do comes from the power to be. 
who we are. First, we've got to know who we are. See, when you know who you are, you know what to do. If you don't know who you are, you won't know what to do. Many people get confused about the will of God. If we could put up Romans chapter 12. It's a one-known passage of Scripture, Romans chapter 12. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be... Come on, everybody say that, be... By the renewing of your mind that you might... How many want to prove something? Okay, you might prove what is the good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. That you might prove. How many want to live in the perfect will of God? Here's the thing. The perfect will of God is attached to more to who you're becoming than what you are doing. It's being transformed. It's who you're becoming. And, and here's the deal. If, if you become the right person, you'll do the right things. So many people today are focusing on what do I need to do? What do I need to do? No, it's, it's more about becoming. That's why at the beginning of the year, you know, we shouldn't just write goals around what we want to do this year. I want to do this. I want to go here. I want to go here. We should write goals around who are we becoming. Because if you become the right person, you'll do the right things. And, and the perfect will of God is not so much whether you had Marmite or Vegemite on your toes. You know, or whether you believe peanut butter is the food of heaven or whatever. You know, it's, 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 it's more about, you know, becoming. Am I becoming more loving? Am I becoming more generous? Am I, am I you know, am I becoming less shy? Am I, am I becoming, you know, have I overcome some insecurities in my life? Because it says don't. Follow, don't conform to the pattern of this world because the pattern is all about doing, do, do. And if I do this, I'll become accepted. If I do this, I'll, I'll feel happy about myself. If I do this, you know, if I get this, if I own this, if I have these titles behind my name, if I do that, you know, then I'll be satisfied. And it's all about do, 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 and then you find yourself in the do, do. And, you know, it's like do, do. no, no, it's more about who you're becoming. And then once you know who you are, then you'll do the right things. See, the will of God is not a tightrope. See, once I realize I'm a child of God, I'm accepted and loved. I don't go looking for acceptance. You know, it's, it's, once you know in Christ you're an overcomer, that's who I am, I'm an overcomer, what do I do? When I face difficult situations and circumstances, I overcome. It's just like if you are a firefighter, what do you do? You fight fires. It makes sense, doesn't it? Now, when you know you are the righteousness of Christ, what do you do? You do righteous things. You know, it's just what we do. It's just like, well, that's what we do. See, you're thinking, don't, wouldn't need to tell a Christian to love another person. Yeah, you think you wouldn't have to tell a Christian reading your Bible or be generous or tell someone about Jesus. It should be, that's just what we do. Because that's, that's who we are. I'm not putting on a behavior that just flows naturally from who I am. Because I know who I am, I then know what to do. Because that, that's what we do as Christians. We're generous. We love people who don't love us. Come on. You know, we tell other people about Jesus. It's what we do. It's just... What you and I do. 
See, Mordecai, he, he had to say to her, hey, 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 Esther, if you don't step into your purpose, someone else will. Deliverance will come from somewhere else. Now, in other words, God's going to fulfill his purpose with or without you. It'll come from somewhere else. And you just miss out. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss out. I don't know, Reinhard Bonnke, he, he tells a story where he's like, he was the third person called to Africa. I mean, no, Reinhard Bonnke seen hundreds of millions of people saved. 100 million or close on that. Saved in his lifetime. Man, influence and impact for the kingdom of God. He said, two other people said, no, I was God's third choice, he said. But he said, I, I, I walked in somebody else's destiny simply because I said yes. God, right now, I could be living in somebody else's destiny simply because I said yes. Here, here's the thing. If you don't say yes, deliverance will come from somebody else. Come from somewhere else. You just need to realize it. Number three, last one, is, is Mordecai wanted, to know, wanted her to know this was her moment. This was your moment. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't miss your moment. Come on, you've come too far now to choke. You know, you come too far now to, you know, just, just fail. Here, here's, here's what you've got to understand. Some of you heard this before, but, you know, your gift in life, the gifts God gives you, how many know they tell you nothing about you? Your gifts tell you everything about the giver of the gift. My father always illustrated this with a Christmas tree and a fruit tree. You know, a Christmas tree, the presents under a Christmas tree tell you nothing about the tree. Uh, they tell you everything about the giver of the gifts. You know, just because somebody can speak, preach, sing, dance, you know, engineer, account, uh, you know, just because somebody's good at hospitality, how many know it tells you nothing about their person? It tells you everything about the giver of the gifts. It's a gift. It's a gift. But the fruit of the Spirit is different. In Galatians 5, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, you know, those things. And, you know, when it, when it comes to knowing a person, you know them by their fruit. So if I pick off a bad apple from somebody's life and it's bad, it tells me that the tree is bad. And if the, uh, the fruit is good, the tree is good. So, so you know, just because I, I can preach, you don't know me. If you want to know me, you've got to go talk to Kathy. So, so, so your gifts don't tell you anything about you. You know, so many people are, are using their gifts to get security. But, but my gift just tells you about the giver. Come on, don't use your gift, you know, to, 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 get, to self-promote yourself. Yeah, he's the giver of the gift. And ultimately, your gift is there to honor him. It's there to honor, to bring glory to him. Don't, don't get mileage out of your gift. Use it for kingdom purpose. Come on, that's a word for everybody in this place. See, here's the thing. Your gift will position you. It may position you in a job. It may position you among friends. Your gift will position you. Just like Esther's gift. What was Esther's gift? Esther's gift was she was beautiful. Some of us have that gift. I said some. No. <laughs> Okay, let's move on, let's move on. Okay, it, it positioned her as queen. She embraced preparation 
But that was her position. But her call was to what? Save a nation. You know, just because she was in her position didn't mean she'd fulfill her call. She had to step up in the moment. And that's where Mordecai says to her these words, maybe you're coming to the kingdom. Just maybe you're coming to the kingdom for such a time as this. Come on, we're going to know how such a time as this. God, don't invest 10 years into nothingness. Don't invest 15 years and buy into an illusion. I, I don't want to do what I'm not called to do. I want to know my purpose. And I don't want my purpose distorted, perverted, manipulated. And I don't want to be massaged into a position that's ultimately not me. I've got, to go to, I've got to go, what am I here for? Come on, what am I on the planet for? Because at the end of time, I want to know that I fulfill my purpose. And what God asks, I believe, of each and every one of us is, is to be the best versions of ourselves. To, to be who He's created us to be. In fact, God's anointing is attached to, to the originality of who you are. You're made in the image of Christ. Just like an original painting attracts more value than a print. You can pick up cheap prints from, from the side of the streets, but the originals in museums, and, and often their value is priceless. Do you know you have so much more value when you just know who you are? and whose you are, and you're clear on what God's called you to. Come on, I, I really believe God wants to sharpen the acts of people's life. Because some of you right now, you've been spending a whole lot of energy, but still there's this discontentment on the inside. And there's this lack of fulfillment. God wants to say, come on, I've called you. And I've chosen you. And you've been born for this. You've been born to make a difference. Here's the deal. I can't be my best me without him. It's only he who tells me who I really am. And he tells me what I can do. Like years of him, my father preaches so many times. It's, it's like he gives the story of the fall. It's like when the fall happened. Man, before the fall, looked into the mirror and they could see, he could see himself perfectly. He could see himself as God intended. Now look at it, that's who I'm meant to be. But through that one act of disobedience, gave permission for the enemy to get a rock and, and throw it into the, that mirror. And what sin and disobedience does, it, it means that when we look into the mirror, it's all cracked and we only see a distorted image of who we really are. We don't see things clearly. But here's the good news, is when Jesus came, He came to make all things new. And He came to restore, bit by bit, that mirror, so that we could see God's original intention for our life. 
See, some of us right now, we're viewing our future still through our past and we're, we're looking in that mirror and we see a distortion of who God's called us to be. But I want to say, if you just trust God tonight, He'll come and He'll begin to restore who you really are. Come on, friend, you've got to understand you're a child of God. You're not here by chance. God formed you and fashioned you. He knitted you together in the matrix of your mother's womb. He knew you before the beginning of time. And He has a purpose for your life. See, everything gets started in Him and finds its purpose in Him. And it's found in Him. And you've got to know you've been born for this. And don't let anything or anyone else tell you otherwise. You're not a mistake. You're brought on for greatness in Jesus' name. Come on, how many believe that? Come on, we're going to help some people right now. Do you know it? You know, you've got to help somebody find their purpose. Because our destinies are all interlinked. They're not separated. They're interlinked. And just as others have helped me find my purpose and my destiny, I'm then called to help others discover theirs. I sense God's anointing in this room right here, right now. How about you just stand to your feet? One thing I feel to do, we're going to baptize some people in a moment or two, is just quickly pray for people in this place. We've got a fear when it comes to the future. Some of you people go, well, I just need a sign that God has a purpose for my life. Well, here's a sign. You're breathing. If you've got breath in your lungs... God's got a purpose for your life. You're not here by chance. God's got a purpose. And I really believe there's a real fear that God wants to break over people's life, the fear of the future, the fear of missing the mark. Here's the thing, you know, oh, is this the right decision, the wrong decision? No, it's, you can't make a, right, a wrong decision when your heart's centered on Jesus and you, when you want to honor Him. Some of us, oh, right decision, it's about becoming the right person and when you are the right person you'll do the right thing you'll know what to do and I believe you know if we can live with that type of freedom we don't need to fear bad news we don't need to fear the future come on God's got something amazing for each and every one of us come on even God wants to build his church come on there's a momentum happening in the church right now I reckon there's a momentum that's going to be unstoppable in Jesus' name, if everybody just understood they're born for kingdom purpose. Come on, turn to your neighbor say, you're born for kingdom purpose. You're born for this. You're born for this. You're born for this. You're born for this. How about everybody lift your hands right where you are? In fact, not everyone. Put them down. <laughs> just testing. But if you recognize in your life that there has been a fear, and you go, God, I just I want to find my purpose. I want to discover by your grace who you've called me to be. And I want to outwork what you've called me to do. Just lift your hands right now. Just right across this place. Come on. Just right now. Because I really believe God's going to break that fear. Lift them high. Come on. No, 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 high. Right wherever you are. Come on. Because God's going to break that fear in Jesus' name. Right now, in Jesus' name. Fear. Go. Right now. Go. Go. Lord, they've been born for such a time as this.
Lord, let them arise with faith and courage today. Lord, let each and every one take hold of their kingdom purpose. Lord, I pray, Lord, let tonight be a night where they, they don't shrink back, but they step forward, knowing that you're leading them, knowing that you're guiding them, knowing that you're going before them, knowing, Lord, that you're going to ordain their steps. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that you're our leader, that you guide us, that your eyes are upon us. Lord, you have amazing plan and purpose. Lord, right now, we just give our hearts afresh to you and say, come, do a work in us. Transform us in Jesus' name.